You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Spartans Nation, how on earth are you guys doing? Thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday night. If you're watching on YouTube or, hey, on Wednesday or later on in the week, whenever you are watching or listening to this here podcast, Thank you guys so much. You guys are truly the best, and I cannot thank you enough for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Now, before we get into the news of the day of Julius Marble heading into the transfer portal, uh, two two housekeeping items that we got to take care of. One, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to this here YouTube channel if this is how you're taking this all in. That'd be much appreciated. And also... If you ever want to shout out with any questions, comments, segment ideas, you just want to get something off your chest, uh, you got a really nice tropical cocktail that you want to send my way, as I will be going down to Florida here soon, lockdownspartans at gmail.com. All right, now that that's out of the way, uh, let's get into the reason why you're probably watching and listening today. Julius Marble. After three years at Michigan State and the year before that he was probably most likely going to be the starter for this men's basketball team over in East Lansing, he's out. He he is in the transfer portal. Uh, We heard a few of these whispers uh, kind of late in the weekend and especially on Monday. If you were on Twitter or any message boards or if you just know people that are into that sort of thing, there's kind of a preamble building up and sure enough on Tuesday, late in the morning, early afternoon, There it is. Julius Marble, your starting center next year, is in the portal. Now, of course, everyone's got their reactions. I got my reactions. Of course I do. Um, And it is really polar opposite of what I'm seeing online so far, but that's just the beauty of the internet. Like, nothing's ever just down the middle fine. It's always one end, which is like, oh my god, Julius Marble, this guy is like Anthony Davis 2.0 transferring away to... Uh, okay, great, we were better off with a sack of potatoes at center anyway. Like, I think there's definitely some middle ground with all this news. And first and foremost, let's talk about why this is probably a bummer for Michigan State. And first and foremost, this even isn't even about the kid himself. It's just about the depth that MSU has at that center position. We'll get more into it in the second segment about what do they do with the five now. But for now, yeah, that was your starting center. Now he's not here. Uh Uh-oh. But again, I don't want to spoil the second segment. We'll get into that. We'll get into, okay, is Mati Sissoko going to go up from four minutes per game all the way to 24 minutes per game? Is Jackson Kohler going to be the truth? we'll, We'll touch on that in a little bit. But about the actual player himself in Julius Marble. Look, he was... As good of a shooter as maybe you could hope for out of a guy with his build and played his position. Um, for mid-range, he was he was a tick above 50%. And I personally can't remember a time where I saw him miss that 19-foot jumper. That every time he shot it, I would scream out loud, Oh my god, no, don't do- Oh. Oh, it's a clean switch right through the hoop. So, really solid shooter. Also, that was represented well on the free throw stripe as well. 76% shooter from the line, so... Yeah, you're going to be missing that as well, and th- this is something that goes off the box score as well, but you never, if you ever did, it was rare if you questioned his intensity, his his 
dog, if you will, if, if I could be a true Michigan State fan and talk about the dog in someone. He always brought the intensity on the court. And uh, whether that translated to you know, th- things going well, well, it was hit and miss for games, of course, because this is one knock that was against Julius Marble in his time here. Um, the defense wasn't always there, right? I, sometimes getting lost, sometimes getting pick and rolled to smithereens, but that happens with bigs in college hoops sometimes. I mean, and that was just one weakness that Julius Marble had, so that's where the uh, oh, good riddance camp it, it might be coming from is that he was never this defensive grinder, I guess, so to speak. So, But my take on this whole thing is, is this a net positive or a net neutral or a net negative for Michigan State? And like right now, on April 19th, 2022, is this good for Michigan State? I No. No. I would say no. Seeing one of your centers leaving... the guy that was probably 99% going to start this upcoming season, take a hike and leave to the transfer portal? No, that's not good. And before also going any further, I wanted to mention this earlier, but from what I know, from I I haven't talked to a ton of people, but the few that I've talked to, like, it wasn't any bad blood between Julius and the program. Like, listen, he might just want to go back home. And this will be shown if he does go back somewhere down in Texas or close enough to Texas. He'll be closer to his family. But, yeah, three years away from family is a lot, especially considering we're coming up on two years since uh, his father's passing. So, listen, maybe it's just time to go home for him. If I could just speculate a little bit on that, we'll see if that's true here in the next few weeks. But there's that. But, no, the reason why I started my take with on April 19th, 2022, like right now, as it stands as we're recording, as you're probably listening to this, this is not good. Just because from a a, a body's standpoint, you you need bodies here. You need someone to play that position next year. And it was either going to be Marble, which, look, I, I thought he was a really nice big man to come off the bench. Did I have some pause about how it would go if he was going to play 25 minutes next year? Yeah, like a little bit, but that option was better than probably who's behind him in Mati Sissoko, who's really unproven out there. Or also maybe a true freshman in Jackson Kohler. Now this can change. This can change. I could take my hand a little off the panic button for the center position if they do get someone in the transfer portal. Right, I, th- that's going to have to be the solution here. Otherwise, you're going into the season with one center, Mati Sissoko, another true freshman that you're going to have to somewhat make a center, and then should Joey Hauser come back, okay, some small ball there, Malik Hall, some small ball at the five, and that's not going to work against every single team. But yeah, listen, and my mindset doesn't change for the transfer portal at all right now. I thought the Michigan State needed a center going into this offseason anyway. All that this does is just ramp up the urgency to get someone out of that portal. Ideally, it was always ideally someone that's strong defensively. That that was first and foremost. Defensively, a good rebounder, yada, yada, yada. Now, now you need someone that could do that for 20 to 25 minutes a night. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit uh, because, yeah, it's now, now we're going to have the, the now what discussion here. Uh, but first, I just have to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar, guys. Uh, we have been talking year off about Built Bar for quite some time, and for a great reason, too. Actually, three great reasons. Let's go through all them right now. Number one, just sensational on the taste buds. Every time you bite into a Built Bar, 
you're getting something that's wrapped in 100% real chocolate. Soft. It's chewy. It tastes like what's on the wrapper, unlike all those other whack protein bars. Number two, it just, it is so good on the body. They are mostly loaded with 170 calories, somewhere around there. 130 to 170 is what they shoot for. Just four grams of net carbs, just four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And also, they want to put money back in your wallet. When you go to built.com, smash in promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order. That's right, gang. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your Built Bars. And before getting deeper into the Julius Marble talking, we'll asking ourselves well, now what happens. I just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Now what? Now where do we go from here? Okay, like we just ended last segment. Yeah, MSU needs a center in the transfer portal. And okay, this is going to be a big fire lit under the staff to go get a center from the portal. That's awesome. Uh, now instead of uh, a want... It is now a need. All right. Great. Oh, okay. So it's all solved now. Okay, cool. Um, all right. I'll, I'll take off my chicken little panicking hat right now. The, yes, Michigan State and their staff probably knows that they need a center out of the portal. And will they get someone out of the portal? Okay, like most likely, yes, is my guess. However, th- there is no law in the NCAA book of rules, a book of guidelines, bylaws, that state that when a center leaves a program, they automatically get handed another one. So far this transfer portal season, have the st- has the staff reached out to a few guys? Yeah, a few, like Jalen Bridges. I think they threw out a phone call to Terrence Shannon Jr. Maybe a few other guys that we don't know, but for the most part, not, not all too aggressive. And... Now they're going to have to be, and if they're not, or if there's not enough centers to fill this position, like, listen, what I'm trying to say here is that it is not a guarantee that they get a center. Like, <laughs> you're not going to have a kid going in the portal and being like, oh, you know what, I have a really good relationship with this coach at this program, they need a center, but I I just unfortunately heard that Michigan State actually has a center and the NCAA is making me go. They're like, no, you need to hope for a few things. First, you need to hope for a starting caliber center to hit the portal. Or that's already in the portal that hasn't been inundated with dozens upon dozens of coaches calling them. Number two, you need MSU to put in the work and actually reach out to this kid. Number three, you need this kid to have interest in you, maybe visit your campus. And then number four, you need the kid to commit to your program amongst the dozens that will be calling him. So, yeah, listen, most likely will he get someone? Sure, but like you need that four event parlay to hit here. And that's what has me worried. The off chance that what if this doesn't ever come to fruition? What if they don't get a center from the portal? And let's just get even crazier right now. Let's say Max Christie doesn't come back either. Let's say he doesn't come back. That, that's that's nine scholarship players that you're going in the season with next year. Okay. Let's say Joey Hauser decides not to come back either. You're going into the next season with eight scholarship players. There's being stubborn with your roster construction, like there's, you know, being set in your ways, you know, maybe not attacking the portal as hard as a lot of people want you to. And then there's just being negligent. And to go into a season with just nine or eight, oh my God, scholarship players would be insane. Again, 
that's the doomsday scenario. That's probably not all too likely, but now it's on the table. Now it's on the table, and oh my goodness gracious. So let's say that they don't get a center. Now what? Yeah. Yeah, Maddie Sissoko, who averaged 4.4 minutes per game last year. And listen, hey, the, the second half that he had against Michigan when our Spartans were getting lambasted by 40 points in the entire second half, that went great. That was awesome. But there were a lot of times, too, where it maybe wasn't great. And I think it's no secret that maybe the progression of his career isn't going as quick as many thought as a former top 40 recruit. That was considered raw when he came in here. But, wow, that's, that's asking for a giant leap from 4.4 minutes in year two to, hey, you, you're going to get damn near starters minutes here uh, in year three. Good luck. Go get him because uh, it's a uh, small sample size, but there's a reason it is a small sample size because it's there's a lot of polishing that has to be done there. And speaking of polishing, uh, you really hope that Jackson Kohler, as a true freshman, can come in here and contribute. Now, this is a question that we got a week or two ago when I threw out one of my you know, baits for mailbag questions as I do. Someone asked, what can we expect Jackson Kohler's production to be next year? Okay, this is a way different question now than it was a week or two ago. So let's get into it. Please, let's talk about it. Jackson Kohler, for those that aren't up to speed on him, top 60 recruit in the country per the 247, 24-7 sports composite uh, out of the great sober state of Utah. Uh, listen, he is a dynamite offensive player a dynamite offensive player if you follow uh my buddy dk on twitter of course he's the guy that heads up spartanhoops.com he's been in the show many a times uh he he said it best today uh via a tweet that his offensive skill set is probably better than 95 percent of incoming freshmen now with that said th- there's a reason that he's top 60 and not top six you know if he's so good the defensive side of the ball is an issue. So, but again, that's to be expected amongst freshman big men. You can't just be absolutely perfect in every facet of the game, especially physically when it comes to defense. But listen, the, the kid is smart, cerebral, gym rat, yada yada. Any cliche you want to use, but the offensive side of the game is what should have us excited. And with the departure of Marble, and let's say they don't get a center or a center that maybe isn't as offensively inclined as you want him to be. This does give Jackson Kohler the chance to really up his usage and production right off the bat. Um, yeah, listen, I, I, what I'm going to do next is uh, I'm going to whisper this part because this is, like, illegal uh, when it comes to sports talk. But I'm going to do a, a cross-racial comparison of player right now. His post-game, his post-game reminds me a lot of Derek Nix. That's right, I said it. I said it. I, I went there. I went there. Now, I want to throw the biggest asterisk on top of this. Listen to me closely. Jackson Kohler's post-game is exactly re- reminiscent of Derek Nick's. Anything outside of six or seven feet from the hoop, okay, then all bets are off. Because, listen, Jackson Kohler, better outside shooter than Derek Nix. Okay, no offense to Derek Nix and his point guard abilities, but Jackson Kohler actually looks a little comfortable dribbling the ball up a court. Is he a point forward? No, but it's not like full-blown, you know, carnival music when he's putting the ball on the hardwood. What I mean by that is that Jackson Kohler's footwork is just impeccable. 
impeccable in the post and within six feet, just kind of like Derek Nix. They both play a little bit below the rim like each other. Jackson Kohler, great shot fake, especially for his age. His drop steps are great. His spin moves are great. He's got this awesome little baby, uh, like five foot, six foot fadeaway that he goes to a lot. It's it's a player that we should be excited to see more of, and it's not the end of the world that this kid is going to get more run. Now, will there be games that he scores 14 or 16 points but also gives up 16 on the other end? Yeah, maybe, but listen, this is just what we have now, and it, it's not the best situation, but it's also... It could be a, a lot worse as far as incoming freshmen that we have to rely on go, right? That's, I, I guess, the, the crux of all this is that, uh, yeah, we got two centers or one and a half centers. Jackson, yeah, you're going to have to be a center here. Um, but, yeah, this is just this is what it is. Stay tuned. I would love to have a show next week or in two weeks that we're talking about MSU's newest center transfer. But until then, here we are just playing the waiting game, baby. And uh, speaking of playing games... We got some game, game coming up for you next segment. That is right. We are bringing back a classic to end this show. But first, I just got to talk to you fine folks about Rock Auto. Woo! Gang, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, oh, does your Honda Civic need a skibble bleeber? I don't know. That could be a car part for all I care. I All I know is my, my car is blue, and it has a steering wheel, and it runs on gasoline. That's all I got. I'm not a car person, but luckily the family folks at rockauto.com, they are just the car people that you need. And they'll save you time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You would only do it if you were a giant circus clown. Here, uh, Rock Auto, uh, they know that you're not a circus clown. They know that you like to treat your car well and treat your wallet well. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their, hey, how'd you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. It's an amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Ladies. Gentlemen, we're back playing the game game. We've played this a handful of times over the last year or two, uh, especially during uh, COVID when there was nothing to talk about. Now, what is the game game if you are new to this program? Let's break it down for you. Got 15 clues. I got 15 clues for you describing a game eh, from the last decade-ish for Michigan State football or basketball. They start with super vague clues. And then they get a little more specific as the game goes on. Now, if you've listened to this a few times, see if you could beat your record. I've had people say, like, oh, I got it in three guesses. Which, first of all, very impressive. Second of all, okay, that means i got to step my game up because I think these are hard clues, but apparently my definition of hard is a little different than some of yours out there. Uh, also, I think this is our first time we're doing this on YouTube, so comment below uh, what clue you got it on. And, yeah, let's let's see who could be just the, the best person out there. I, let's just get into it. So, again, football or basketball from the last, like, decade-ish. I'm not going back to, like, a, a swimming meet from 1971 here because that would be ridiculous. Okay, clue number one. The day prior to this game, Raheem Sterling scored to give Manchester City a 1-0 win over Newcastle United as at St. James Park. That is an English Premier 
league record 18th consecutive win. See, I told you it was really vague. You got to know when the EPL schedule is. You got to know when on earth they did that for Manchester City. Okay, clue number two. The first person who scored in this game has 10 siblings. The first person who scored in this game has 10 siblings. Clue number three. The venue where this game was played also hosted a U2 and Coldplay concert in the same calendar year. Clue number three. The venue where this game was played also hosted a U2 and Coldplay concert in the same calendar year. That might start to give a little bit of uh, what sport we're talking about away. How big does the venue have to be to hold those two bands? I'll figure it out. You guys are the contestants here. Number four. Clue number four. This MSU team only lost against teams that finished ranked in the AP Top 20, but also beat two teams that were in the top 10 that season. This MSU team only lost against teams that finished the season ranked in the AP Top 20, but also beat two top 10 teams that season. Number five, gentleman by the name of Desmond Patman was the last player to touch the ball this game. Clue number five, Desmond Patman was the last player to touch a ball, touch the ball in this game. Clue number six, the establishment where this game was played, it does not exist anymore. Clue number six, the establishment where this game was played does not exist anymore. Clue number seven. The same person who did play-by-play for last year's Michigan game on TV was also the play-by-play man for this game as well. Clue number seven, the same person who did play-by-play for last year's Michigan football game on TV was the play-by-play man for this game as well. Of course, we're talking about the MSU-Michigan game. 37-33, never forget. Uh, Clue number eight, four days after this game, Georgia and Oklahoma played in their double overtime thriller in the Rose Bowl in the semifinal that preluded Georgia's overtime heartbreaker to Alabama in the national title game. So four days after this game is when Georgia and Oklahoma played their double overtime thriller in the Rose Bowl in the semifinal that preluded Georgia's overtime heartbreaker to Alabama in the national title game. If you remember what years those happened in, this might help you a little bit. Number nine. The highest-rated quarterback commit of the Mark D'Antonio era scored his second and final rushing touchdown in this game. Clue number nine, the highest-rated quarterback commit of the Mark D'Antonio era scored his second and final rushing touchdown in this game. Clue number 10, in 18 minutes of game time, MSU scored touchdowns on five straight possessions. In 18 minutes of game time, MSU scored touchdowns on five straight possessions. Clue number 11. This game was sponsored by a credit union Credit union that serves the eighth most populated U.S. city. Clue number 11. This game was sponsored by a credit union that serves the eighth most populated U.S. city. Clue number 12. The guy who scored the game-winning touchdown in the 2015 Big Ten Championship game was this game's leading rusher. The guy who scored the game-winning touchdown in the 2015 Big Ten Championship game was this game's leading rusher. Okay, three clues to go. I'm sure that maybe you've got it by now. If not, these are going to bring some clarity to you. Clue number 13. The year after this game happened, MSU lost to a team from the same conference as its opponent in the Red Box Bowl. 
That's right, and bringing up the good memories here. The year after this game happened, MSU lost to a team from the same conference as its opponent in the Red Box Bowl. Sorry, I can't read my own typed out words here. Uh, clue number 14. This game cemented Mark D'Antonio's sixth and final season with double-digit victories. Clue number 14. This game cemented Mark D'Antonio's sixth and final season with double-digit victories. And clue number 15. Brian Lewerke and Chris, Chris Fry were your MVPs for this game. Of course, we are talking about the 2017 San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Yeah, MSU completely worked uh, the Washington Cougars. And let's just go through some of these clues here. Uh, this blew my mind. The first person to score in this game was Washington State's kicker. His name's Eric Powell. I went on his bio, and he has 10 siblings. That is outrageous. Someone get that family a TLC show. Uh, that's right. Uh, in, in the months leading up to this game, U2 and Coldplay visited this stadium which does not exist anymore. They tore it down in 2021. They are going to rebuild a smaller venue, uh, like a 35,000-seat venue, if you ever want to go out there and catch a, I don't know who's going to play out there, probably San Diego State football game. Um, yeah, Desmond Patman, he was a wide receiver for Washington State. He caught the last ball of the game, then you know, clock ran out. Gus Johnson had one of his weirdest nights this night. He was so monotone, and it's almost like he chugged Two bottles of NyQuil before this game, very muted during the entire game. And I kind of left a bad taste in my mouth after this one, if I could just go off on a rambly rant right now. But he brought the heat. He brought the heat in last year's Michigan-Michigan State game. Amazing calls. He won me over with that game. Does MSU winning that historic game probably help how I view him now? Yeah, of course, but hey, Gus Johnson, back in good graces with me. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I couldn't leave this out. One of the best college football games of all time. That double overtime game in Pasadena between Georgia and Oklahoma. Yeah, that was just four days after this game right here. And Oh, one more. The highest rated quarterback commit of the Mark D'Antonio era was Damian Terry. He scored a rushing touchdown this game. He had two rushing touchdowns in his career. So there you have it. Thanks a lot for playing, guys. And thank you for listening to Locked on Spartans and making us your first listen every single day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We got Colt Pouncey of The Athletic in tomorrow. We're going to talk about it all with him, whether it be football. We're going to get some basketball into the mix now, get uh, you know his thoughts on the whole Julius Marble and MSU roster situation. It'll be a great show. It's been a, it's been a hot minute since he's uh, joined the show, so super pumped to have him. Again, one of the best minds, one of the best beat writers out there for Michigan State. So, Stoked for that one. Keep it tuned. Until then, hey, go make your second listen locked on NFL Draft because I promise you this this NFL Draft is going to happen eventually, I'm sure. I have no reason to believe that it won't. And make sure you're prepared. Ryan Tracy and NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft life every day for you guys with insight and analysis on cultural prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you find folks. Get your podcast. Love every single one of you. Have yourself a beautiful day. Beautiful rest of your Tuesday or Wednesday. Go green.